Many years ago, I saw a documentary about a solo Russian cosmonaut orbiting the Earth in his lonely space capsule. It was the story of how he became increasingly starved for human contact and connection. Honestly, I didn't really understand what I was watching back then, but I sure do now. Aren't we all becoming more aware of how much the safe touch and loving presence of those around us deeply nourishes and sustains us? How much we all need physical contact, whether a hug, a hand on our shoulder, or a warm handshake? Recently, my own awareness of this reality has grown exponentially. I'll never forget the very tense day back on March 19, when I was set to fly home from Aspen, Colorado, back here to Harrisburg. A COVID-19 outbreak in Aspen, and then a snowstorm that very morning led to the cancellation of almost every flight out of Aspen. But by God's grace, I was somehow able to change carriers and to leave on one of that day's only flight flights out. That, of course, after a half hour of de-icing of our plane's wings. Both of my connecting flights that day were on deserted airplanes, with each passenger sitting two rows apart. Shaken by all of these experiences, my tears flowed freely at the Harrisburg airport when, instead of coming together in our usual, for our usual family hug, Danette and Jasmine and I all had to just stand there six feet apart. Let me tell you, when our 14-day quarantine finally came to an end last Thursday, the tears flowed yet again. Because of all of the physical isolation and social distancing we've all been experiencing lately, we can't help but notice some new things in today's story of Jesus' final hours with his disciples, can we? We are discovering, dear friends, the Bible's endless power to speak into our ever-changing lives. We're never done with these stories, and they're never done with us. Before we go up to the upper room, let us first simply notice with new appreciation, new gratitude, how God chooses to come be with our human family. Not through some proclamation or a billboard or a book, but enfleshed and embodied in Jesus, a living, breathing human being. In Jesus, God's love becomes flesh and walks among us. Incarnation, dear friends. And his embodied love, his gentle touch, speak with a quiet but powerful eloquence 
that heals many. Tonight in the upper room, Jesus has gathered with his disciples for their final Passover meal together. Imagine it, flickering, golden lamplight is illuminating their faces. And it's now that Jesus gives his disciples his new, his new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Now, wait a minute. On the most wrenching night in his life, right before the brutal Roman execution he sees coming, Jesus is focused on love and radiating love to his followers rather than fear. Where does he get this? I believe from his life of prayer from his many times of prayerful contemplation and meditation and connection with God. Love one another, Jesus says, as I have loved you. And since loving one another can mean so many different things to so many different people, Jesus now gets down on his knees and washes his disciples' feet. This is what God's love looks like. And so, wonderfully, a basin and towel is the logo for many, many service organizations around the world, like Landis Homes. Today, Jesus washes the feet of the very disciples who will soon betray and desert and deny him again and again. He's showing them and he's showing us that in spite of all of our brokenness and sin and violence and betrayal, God's undying love for us will never end. God's deathless love for us can never be extinguished. He is showing us that no death, no violence, and no pandemic will ever be able to separate us from God's love. And then, after Jesus has finished washing his disciples' feet, he says, now, it's your turn to follow my example. By inviting us now to get down on our knees, he wants us to train in his way of love with our bodies. By washing each other's feet, he wants his way of servanthood to be ingrained in our own muscle memory. And friends, this physical training, basic training, is especially crucial for those of us with power and privilege who are used to being in control. A friend of mine is a soccer coach and tells me that it takes 10,000 repetitions for something to be ingrained in our muscle memory. Those of you who play instruments 
know this well. In the same way, think about all the repetitions, the reps our congregation does together year after year, community meals, praying for each other, welcoming refugees, sharing communion, loving our neighbors, and washing each other's feet. So what is all this training for? For such a time as this. For us, right here in Lancaster, right now in the middle of this pandemic, all this training is so that at this crucial moment, we will be ready and able to choose love over fear. Or more accurately, we will be ready to choose to love in the midst of all of our many fears. Friends, that's where I am these days. Even in these hardest of times, especially in these hardest of times, Jesus wants the fire of his love to be burning in our flesh and our bones. As one of our hymns puts it so beautifully, he wants his love to be deeply internalized in our bodies, to be ingrained in our muscle memory. And though right now we cannot be moving toward one another physically, we can, we can most definitely be moving toward one another spiritually and relationally. Jesus wants us to be falling together rather than apart by sending each other cards calling a lonely neighbor, telling a friend how much we love them, sending a check to some person or organization in need, or letting our medical caregiver, mail person, or grocery cashier know how very grateful we are for their brave, brave service. Friends, don't hold back. Now is not the time for holding back our love or God's love. In a hundred different ways, let us get down on our knees like Jesus and wash each other's feet with the fire of his love in our flesh and our bones. Amen.